how are they? Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> All right. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Overcast Gamer Show. It's only been seven days this time, instead of a fortnight, but uh, I've been dying to get back in and, and have a chat with you guys and, and, and my co-host here, Regan and Balthazar. Say hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. How are we? Good, yes, I I've, I've, I've been away like for a little bit, a um, but I'm back and I've been I've been craving some games while I've been away. Um, I've actually dived into a couple of things, but I mean, it's this, good to have you is, back. By the way, Abe, I feel like there was, there was it was good to have you back. There was definitely a void um, in the last podcast. You know, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, we, no, I really enjoyed listening back to to you guys and um, all the Final Fantasy nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's God, one of those things we, we really just had to capitalize on. You know, you, you did. I, I can't blame you for it at all. It mm. was, uh, you know, I, I may have fast forwarded through some of it. Uh, <laughs> Got to be honest, but <laughs> no, it was great. We, you know, we're, we're diverse here at OCG, and 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 that's what it's all about, right? So mm, yeah. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a hot take while it's on my mind. Um, I was looking at the PlayStation New Zealand store, digital store this morning. Um, not the you know not the best of ideas, um, and I saw Call of Duty on the front page there. Now, Infinite Warfare, Infinity Warfare, Infinite, Infinite, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, I think it is Infinite Warfare. Yeah, Infinity yeah, it will be because Infinity War is the Marvel thing. And it's Infinity dangerously Warfare. close, but different. Warfare so Infinity. Yeah, Infinity Ward's the company, <laughs> so right? So there's we'll... a shitload of Warfare, is what we're yeah. taking from that. Yeah, I'll just say Infinity Warfare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's coming out in November. Pretty actually keen on that one after after the E3, um, showing you know it wasn't actually that bad looking compared to previous CODs. Um, and plus, it comes with the Modern Warfare Remastered, which you know is one of my favorite games of all time. So. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are looking forward to it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, despite getting the most dislikes I've ever seen on a YouTube video ever, um, <laughs> I think a lot of people have actually turned around on that a wee bit after the E3 thing and, and are actually quite curious about it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was looking on the PlayStation Store and came across uh, COD, and I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder how much that it's going for. $179.95. <laughs> Now, given this is with the season pass and uh, Modern Warfare Remastered, I mean that's still absolutely ridiculous, right? That's you can buy a lot for one hundred and seventy dollars. <laughs> I think the thing that gets me is you said, Abe, you saw it on the PlayStation Network store, and yeah. obviously in New Zealand we're no strangers to prices being marked up, and I'm no stranger to walking into EB and seeing a collector's edition for $180, but that's a physical collector's edition that you pick up and get physical swag with it. This was yeah. a digital download. Yeah, You get it's... nothing, you get data installed on your PlayStation. Exactly. It's. I mean, you probably get some camo skins or whatever, but that... That is absolutely ludicrous. One hundred and eighty dollars, like that, with the translation, the the currency translation from US dollars, that should be for us about one hundred and thirty. I mean, I'd never pay one hundred and thirty bucks for anything, um, <laughs> <laughs> let alone a Call of Duty game. Yeah. But that's still a fifty dollar markup on that. Mm. Like it's, what? What the hell is going on there? Especially when you consider that, 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 that so they say it's something like I don't know. We've got to pay to get. You know, ordinarily the argument would be like because of our how remote we are. Yeah, saying, oh, no, import tax or whatever it is. But this is a digital download. There's, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, no that, import. <laughs> it's absolutely no sense whatsoever. 
I actually tweeted to PlayStation New Zealand um, and called them out on this, so I'm interested to see what we get back. Sorry, um, just a can of Pepsi there. See, see if we can stir stir the pot a wee bit and uh, actually, you know, get a reaction from them or get it something be... done about it. Because I just feel bad for my fellow New Zealanders. That like that's that's daylight robbery. <laughs> Pretty impressive. But this is the thing, right? Is that there's a market there, and so it's just classic supply and demand. They know that there's enough people out there that who are driven to go out and buy those games. Yeah, I yeah. I think it is. We're in a completely different mindset because Abe, you, you said yourself you'd never pay, you know, 180 uh, for anything. But what if someone were to tell you? Because this is pretty much the mindset that I feel COD players are in because they play COD. That's what they yep. play. They play yep. it until the next one comes out. So what if someone were to come to you, Abe, and tell you that a game was about to release and you you totally believed them? You totally felt that this is what was exactly the case and they were telling the truth. A game is about to come out. It will cost you $180 to buy it, but you will not need to make another... You won't even feel inclined to make another single game purchase after buying this one for another 12 months. You would just be so stoked and so absorbed and so wrapped up in this one purchase and you would feel like it would never, you know, age for you. It would always be a unique, fresh and fun experience for the full year until right. suddenly this magic spell was broken and you were no longer satisfied with it. Would you then be more inclined to pay 180 if you were, if you never bought another game for the whole year? You never even felt the desire to buy another one because you never ran out of interest and passion for this one that you just picked up. This- yeah, I mean that's that's definitely definitely a point. Um, I'm just a I don't really trust people <laughs> in general, um, and b I my I found in my in my old age um, my attention span just wanes so mm. easily. It's just I'll be I'll be playing something for you know a couple of hours and I'll just be like oh, I'm done with this now. Um, you know, like Fallout 4, I, I put in about 30 hours, didn't even get up to Diamond City, and just decided to chuck it in. I was like, all right, okay, by follow this. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying there, there, Balthazar, but at the same time, I can't, I struggle to put myself in that mindset, mm. like tying yourself down to that and, and that kind of argument. It just, is that what Call, Call of Duty players I, are like? I feel like it is. I think all they buy is Call of Duty, and they buy the next one when it comes out. Um, which means these annual releases for them are a good thing. Unlike everyone else being like, oh, God, the next annualized card release kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it is, literally. They buy, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the uh, you know the FIFA players and the Madden players. Like They buy the annualized release, and they get a full year of content and enjoyment out of that, mm. and they don't really buy anything else. You're obviously an exception to that because you do play, um, was it Pro Evolution Soccer? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But the hardcore fans of, of those sorts of franchises, yeah, they buy that one game a year, and that's mm. it. Maybe they buy what they consider to be the spin-off, just for a bit of, you know, changing it up. So, you know, a, a COD player might buy Battlefield 1. Because they're like, oh, it's similar, but oh, it's a bit of a laugh, just yeah. a bit of a gimmicky. We'll get on there, of, <laughs> play on, play, yeah, just thrash. Play a few hours before I get serious and go back to COD. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so you think the perceived value is probably what, what tips it over the edge for these people kind of thing i think it is but the perceived value for someone like me who's not in that boat i'm well on the outside of that the perceived value is the exact same as the perceived value of any other game yeah i'm going to play exactly. it until i'm done with it and then i'm going to put it down so why would i take a chance and pay three times the cost that i would for yeah, yeah. You suppose it's the like the brand fascination as well and that you know let's say for example people when they buy an iphone you buy an iphone and it's not as good as other varieties of phones that you can buy 
purely right. like objectively when you look at the stats and you look at what mm. it can do and and you know and you consider that you're going to be tied down in terms of you know operating system etc cetera, etc cetera. um but they do it anyway because they went oh you know it's just apple it's just better you get you kind of get locked into it there's a bit of a difference with apple i find as someone with an iphone who agrees absolutely that the iphone is inferior to many other phones out there you get locked into it because you get your apps you get your books you get your podcasts, you get everything, get and they're all synced up on your iCloud account. So if you were to change to an Android account, yeah, you could download equivalent things, but I'd lose all my kind of back catalog. I'd lose my progress through the current things I'm listening to and mm. reading. would have to manually find those so again. It's, not it's like I'm locked in that now. I can't. It would be too much work to set up on an Android phone, so I'm just stuck now. <laughs> so you're, you're penalized for your disloyalty. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I guess there isn't necessarily that, that analog there with, with Call of Duty, yeah. it just um, oh yeah, it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's mind-boggling. Regardless, it's yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's a real shame for a computer game. It's it's a real shame because I was. This is the first COD I've actually been interested in since the first Black Ops, and I, I can't remember when that was. It doesn't actually seem like that long ago to me, but I'm pretty sure there's been about six Call of Duty since then. Um, actually, I've got a good point, just because it's right here, and I just saw it. This was 170. He's, for and price when he perspective, says this, he's sliding so out, the Dark, out the Dark Souls three box that we did an uh, we didn't do an unboxing. We played it, but you guys were there when I first opened it. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was ten dollars cheaper than this digital collection for uh, Inf Infinity Warfare, um, yep. and it came with a lot of physical stuff. Yeah, like a full art book, a massive kind of like statuette type yeah. thing, which is yeah. on the desk. Maybe like, you get a digital art book and a digital statue. <laughs> digital stage you just you can set it as your PSN theme yeah. and it just sits <laughs> yeah. there slowly rotating yeah well it's the same it's the same kind of thing as skins right like yeah. you get oh you get this sweet new skin like I, we're just obviously we're just not in the right I paid 10 bucks more for Overwatch to get like 5 skins <laughs> No, it's, no yeah, it's it's just a bit stupid, and it, it, it brings me down a wee bit because I was actually quite excited and was thinking about buying this day one. Um, mm. I mean, granted, this is with the season pass, the version that we're referencing, the hundred and eighty dollar one, and I'm I'm definitely never you know, never keen on that. And um, they are bringing all the Modern Warfare one maps by December for free for everyone. They were doing ten at the start, and they're going to do the the next six um, between now and December. Also, oh, is that the multiplayer maps like? Yeah, yeah. So every single Modern Warfare One map is is going to be remastered by um, the end of December. That's cool. Which is pretty cool and free for everyone. Um, which I didn't think was going to be the case. I thought they were going to try and sell sell them back to people. You know, it's probably because um, it's not free. Because you said that to get the Modern Warfare One remake, you have to get this hundred and eighty dollar version of the game. So you yeah, have, you I'm, have I'm paid not, for it. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. I think this one might be with the season pass, but there's definitely the version with Modern Warfare One. Uh, remastered is is about 120 130. Mm. Um, I think the season pass just adds on like another 50 or 60 bucks or whatever it is. Um, so that sort of brings it up to this point. But I mean, still, I'm not I'm not paying 120 130 dollars for one game I already own that looks a bit better now, and one game I don't even know if it's going to be decent. Yeah, just, looking, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to going and seeing what kind of price it is in EB Games. Uh, that'll be a laugh. Yeah, yeah, that it, it can't it can't be any worse than this, surely. I mean, the ZB games talking about here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very true. 
you, you should take a, a, a buttonhole um, camera in there with you, Regan, or something, and, and do a do <laughs> a weekend of phone in, yeah. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just get real belligerent. <laughs> um, oh, this will be a good laugh as well, Abe, for you, because uh, we we frequently, you know, laugh at EB's prices, um, especially around one particular title because uh, Dick Smith sold it so much cheaper um, immediately, and that is, of course, Doom. And I was at the EB Games uh, in the Queensgate Mall on Friday. Yep. And uh, they were make, EB was making a big deal out of the amazing special price they had on Doom. $100. <laughs> so that's about $30 cheaper than their normal yes. price, but still many, many dollars more. And when, when did Doom come out? Sorry, May, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. You can, still, is... you can still walk into JB Hi-Fi and get it for $65, I'm pretty sure, mm. or maybe $69. Which... That's absolutely ridiculous. I'd love, Ben, you should you should definitely go into EB and just, just ask them about it. Just be like, hey, this came out of May. Um, JB <laughs> Hi-Fi has it for 65 I know your price match, but can you just tell me why you're selling it for 100 yeah. Like, just want to know why. What, yeah. what's, the, what's the deal there? Yeah. We want answers. We want um, answers, EB. Yeah, yeah, I know you probably can't give me answers because you're just the guy that works here. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to be a dick about it or anything and harass anyone in a CS because they do very good work. But um, I, I would like to know. I would like to know why there's like some insane markup at EB Games in particular slash Game GameStop um, overseas. But yeah, but but strange. And in contrast to that, I just want to bring up the point that CD Projekt Red, our good friends. Um, now, the, uh, the the Witcher 3 Game of the Year edition came out recently, which, mm. I mean, everyone's overjoyed for that because it's, it's, one, of the best, it's the, one of the best games in the generation, for sure, um, almost inarguably. Now, this has come out on the PlayStation New Zealand store as well, digitally, and they're actually matching the American price. So oh, wow. the Game of the Year edition, uh, last time I checked um, for the Witcher 3 on the New Zealand PlayStation store, was $75. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, you can't say much more. Good guy, CD Projekt Red, right? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, it's for, really, really cool. So obviously, with Game of the Year edition, you're getting the full game plus the expansions, and yep. the, I mean, the DLC was free. Yeah, so, absolutely. You get all those free 16 DLCs, then you get the two expansions, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, um, for you know 75 bucks, which is cheaper than most new release games, and you get like an amount of content that. Like, to be fair, I still haven't finished the main story of The Witcher 3. <laughs> really? Uh, and that's Come been on, out. Mate. That came out, what, March 2015? <laughs> you could get two and a half copies of Game of the Year Witcher 3 yeah. for the price of one Infinity Ward Fair <laughs> to collectors, <laughs> and each copy of The Witcher 3 is more than two and a half times the size of you, that game. It's... You, you, could, you could buy two copies and just go and give one to to someone who's bought a PS4 and just say, mm. hey man, like, this is this is what you should be playing. This is what's going to show off what this console can do. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's a lovely gesture. If, you have, if you're out there, you're listening to this, and you haven't played The Witcher, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, hmm, just, just do it. Just go out and buy that game. On that deal, because that's a fantastic deal, you will play yep. it for hundreds of hours and, and love it. Um, it, it, it's like even with the expansions, they probably could have slapped on a disc and sold it for mm. a de decent chunk of change, and people still would have really loved it. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah. They could have they could have sold that for a hundred bucks, and I wouldn't have been belligerent because mm. yeah. it's just so good. Like I, I'm not an RPG gamer really at all. Like I 
I dabbled in them. I only really started getting into RPGs when Skyrim came out because I thought, man, this game looks pretty cool. And ever since then, I, I stay away from RPGs, but every every now and then one will catch my eye, and The Witcher 3 was one of those just because it's such a damn well-made game. Mm. The just... Witcher 3, believe it or not, because it took me a long time to buy my PS4, The Witcher 3 was the game that inspired me to actually go out and buy one. Oh, um, nice one. Yeah, so, and you can't, I mean, um, no complaints at that. No, no, you can't fault them for that at all. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, just to put things into perspective, there you go, Activision. Um, CD Projekt is is uh, doing humanitarian business, <laughs> and you're bleeding motherfuckers dry. So, <laughs> good one, um, mm. Balthazar. You've yeah. got a you've got a new screen, have you? I do. I have a new monitor. I love it. It's, it's pretty great. It's a uh, it's only a 27 inch, which could be seen as a downgrade considering I was using my controller on my 50 inch 4K TV until recently. Um, but it's 1440p. Life is tough for it is, it is. Oh, it's <laughs> the worst. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's 1440p. It's 144 hertz refresh. Um, it's pretty flash. I like it. Sitting in front of it right now, actually, and we've got the old monitor to the right of it, which mm. actually, to be fair, looks fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with but that. But then you glance <laughs> across to the left, and this, this thing looks pretty special. Yeah. This is the uh, newfangled model. Yeah, absolutely. What's the um? So what's the the? Because Abe, you probably I don't know too much about monitors and what the numbers mean. I know sweet bugger all. What is uh? <laughs> tell us all about it. What it's, is it? it is hard to put into terms that people understand if they don't understand it, kind of thing. Because <laughs> um, it is just it's just numbers, really. But let's say about philosophy. I'll put it. Yeah, I'll put it into like kind of the the simplest terms I can, which isn't entirely accurate it is just a way i found for example when i explained it to hannah it made sense to her in this context um so basically imagine so you're playing your ps4 your game's locked at 30 fps nothing you can do about it they're locked at 30 fps sure yep you get a sweet gaming rig you suddenly you know maybe reagan you've noticed what you've played you suddenly realize you're getting 140 fps or something mm. off the graphics card you've got but what's your monitor doing because if it's 60 hertz you're not getting 140 fps because your screen isn't refreshing as much as your game so is updating so theoretically it, yeah so you'll frames. only get 60 fps kind of thing um this screen is 144 hertz so i actually get what my pc can give me kind of thing. So a big thing that people, and I was the same when I built my first PC, I didn't think about it at all, but your monitor is a piece of hardware that drastically affects your game experience. Right. Um, you know, I just thought, oh, it shows me it, and as long as my PC is powerful, it will run things. But if my monitor isn't capable of showing me what my PC is doing, I'm not getting hard. I didn't realize how much more I could have gotten out of my games until I got my new monitor. Purely went right. into the game, updated the refresh rate to 144 hertz, and then I was like, holy shit. I can see more of everything. I mean, particularly because I've been playing a lot of Overwatch again recently. And it's just things like just seeing shit I couldn't see before, like bullets flying past me. And it's like, because the, the, the speed they're flying past you is much too quick for a you know slower refresh rate monitor to see the full movement through the air. But mm. it's like, no, I see the full movement. I see it coming at me. I see it whizzing past me kind of thing. Um, right. So it's, it's, like, it's, it's akin yeah. to It's akin to me installing 16 gigs of RAM into a computer running Windows XP. Something I actually did. 
<laughs> yeah, so pretty much it is. You're giving all this overkill into a system that's just not capable of reading it and, and displaying it and utilizing it. Yeah. Um, so basically with this, as I said, that's a very simplistic explanation. It's not actually the FPS that the game's delivering that you're seeing, but that's just a way... It, it, I'm sure that makes sense to you guys, and that is basically the difference it's doing. It's able to show me what my computer is actually rendering as opposed to showing me sort of half effects. It just isn't updating frequently enough to show me the other mm. half. Right, okay. right. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I actually remember um, some games won't even run uh, unless you have 60 hertz compatible mm. monitor or television. I remember in 2009 um, when I was at a hostel at university, I bought Modern Warfare 1, surprisingly, um, and I wanted to play it, but my, my TV I had was a CRT. Um, obviously, it was before sort of the, the discount on all the all the HD ones came around, and I had a I think I had about a fourteen inch CRT, and it just it just Amazing. wouldn't. I turned on Call of Duty. It's like no, it's not sixty hertz. It can't run it. So I went down to cash converters. This is really showing the age of the story, right? I went down to cash converters on Cuba Street, and uh, and and picked up a, a twenty twenty two inch CRT tube television. Um, because it was 60 hertz, and I carried that beast back up <laughs> that bloody hill to Victoria House on the terrace just so I could play Call of Duty Modern oh. Warfare 4. It was it was insane. Like I, I can't even believe that was a thing that happened now. Mm, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it sounds like you're enjoying that, uh, Belfazer. Yeah, it's um, it's got me to go back and replay some games that I was kind of on the fence about going back to because I'd already played them since I built my new computer. Yeah. Um, and if they look better, but just kind of games that I remembered looking good and thinking, oh, I wonder if it looks even better now and just kind of seeing that extra bit of, not depth, because again, it's not, the the actual fidelity of the graphics isn't isn't better. I mean, the color's a lot richer and deeper. Um, but yeah, just seeing kind of the, the movement of the world at a, on a whole new level kind of thing, like everything just looks a lot nicer. And it's one of those things that you don't really get talking about. It doesn't really get it across. If you see kind of see the comparison side by side which you can't do if you don't have 144 hertz monitor mm, it's like yeah. watching on tv watching those ads for 4k resolution and you're like well i don't fucking see the difference because <laughs> yeah. my tv is not exactly, 4K. Yeah. the brights are so much brighter <laughs> and the dark the blacks are so much blacker and you're like well you're showing this to me on my, my screen, TV, so I, I, can't I can't see, see that the blacks are black. Um, so it really is one of those things that you don't get the difference until you just get it yourself and mm, see it right. and experience it. Um, but no, there is a pretty big and pretty perceivable difference. It's not one of those things like, you know, um, people saying, oh, not, you know, I can see the difference between Blu-ray and DVD, which I'm sure a lot of people can. I can't. Oh. <laughs> um, this is one of those things where you, you, you would have to be blind to not see the difference. You can see the difference. It's immediately there kind of thing. Oh, very cool. So, do, I mean, do you want to run run into um, a couple of things you've been playing on that? I can see a, a few, few Sure, bits. yeah. So going into the jump into what we've been playing. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll start off with the one thing I haven't been playing on it because actually I've barely been playing it. I, I love Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I think it's great. But uh, since getting my new monitor, I've not, not played it. <laughs> um, I was playing a bit of it, uh, but it's kind of dropped out. It, it really sucks because I was really enjoying the game. But I've just, I think it's like we were mentioning earlier, that short attention span stuff. We're getting older. Um, I just can't, I can't stick with game. If I don't finish a game within like five days, yep. I typically move on without ever finishing it. Yep, um, I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've not been playing a lot of that because of this monitor. Um, mostly I've been playing uh, a lot of Overwatch because Season 2 of the uh, Ranked has just started. 
Um, and the new map also came out. Now you may be confused. Uh, you may look at our, you know, our document of what we've been playing and see Dark Souls Three on there. Um, actually, Dark Souls Three Icon World Edition is uh, is Overwatch. Um, they released a new map called Iconwald, which has a pretty awesome Dark Souls uh, reference in it, um, which is basically just the bonfire, the iconic bonfire from the Dark Souls games is hidden in a back room that looks a hell of a lot like one of the little areas with a staircase on either side. Um, and it's clearly a nod at Dark Souls. And at first, on the surface, it looks like it's just that's the only nod to Dark Souls uh, that came out in this latest update. But then I also realized that they gave every single character in the game a, a sit-down emote. So you can all go to the bonfire and sit down around it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's pretty great. I love it. Um, yeah, it's just, pretty cool. Just there's no like connection that. between Blizzard and FromSoft, right? No, there's none at all. They just did it because, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's what Blizzard do. Blizzard have pretty dedicated fans, and so they appreciate and fully understand a dedicated fan base. Um, right. So they blatantly just went and put this in because they you know, kind of respect the fans and, and what From themselves do and the worlds they create and everything, so just put their own little nod to it in there, um, which I'm sure I'm not the only fan who's noticed it um, and thinks it's pretty great. So I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. The new map's pretty cool. Um, so that, it was a, that kind of interested me because you were really excited. It, it, it was interesting to, like how excited you got <laughs> just for the release of one new map. Yeah. Like... You were sending us messages. Hey, check out this video, man. There's a new map coming out. I was like, dude, it's just a map. It's a single map. <laughs> uh, it just, I don't know. What was the mind? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. And it's its how I can kind of, uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, about the Infinity Warfare thing and, and kind of my guessing as to how they feel about it. And it's because I'm kind of there. I'm not, I'm not that, you know, dedicated a fan, but I do get kind of, yeah, that, that mentality. That I know that Overwatch is a game I'm going to be playing for a long time. I keep going back to it. Yeah, I had a few weeks where I didn't play it at all because other stuff came out and I was playing other things. But as soon as there's nothing big, you know, that's either just come out or nothing major that I'm playing, it's yep. just straight back into Overwatch, really. Um, cause I, would you, would you say that's your, your game of the year so far? It, it is a really hard one to judge. Um, I'd say if we're purely... Like, if I were to judge game of the year in terms of... Uh, enjoyment out of a single title and time spent in a single title then definitely yep. yeah overwatch hands down um i'm hoping it's not my game of the year not because it's not great it is fantastic <laughs> but i always hope that no matter how good a game is if it's not the end of the year yet there's going to be you know a better one that comes out by the end of the year there, um, there's one that I'm, I'm sure you and regan are hoping to be game of the year <laughs> hopefully hopefully maybe, yeah, maybe. um but yeah and and i think really people are crazy if they don't always hope that if it's not the end of the year yet they haven't found their game of the year because you're a bit crazy if you don't want a better game to come out oh absolutely um, so, I, I, yeah I have, I have a bunch of games that are still to come out that i'm hoping to be you know game of the year it's it's going to be hard yeah. for, to beat inside which is my current game of the year mm. um but i mean yeah yeah i definitely hope for, for better stuff to come out sure yeah, so definitely so far it is my game of the year, um, and that's mostly what I've been playing uh, because out of all the things I've loaded up, it's the one that I'm getting the most benefit from my new monitor on. As I said, seeing stuff like those bullets, it, it, my accuracy has gone up by like 15 to 20% per round since getting nice. my new monitor, um, yeah, yeah. just because I'm able to kind of track targets better and see all those extra frames of animation to hit them. Um, 
And then I've just been really playing uh, since I've watched is Blizzard. Um, obviously, when I start up my computer, I start up the Blizzard launcher. So I've kind of just been going back through old Blizzard games that I enjoyed. Uh, I restarted playing um, the first StarCraft II expansion, Heart of the Swarm. Um, been having fun with that again. It's not one that's hugely influenced by my monitor. It's kind of also just that my monitor is bigger than my old one. And right. it has richer and deeper colours and everything. You know, what Regan was saying before, that whole deeper blacks and brighter <laughs> brighter whites and all that stuff. So I'm just kind of taking it all in again. Um, and really, that's been my go-to lately. I mean, obviously, Steam has a much larger catalogue, and I've got a few other shortcuts there. But if I'm loading up the Blizzard launcher for Overwatch anyway, because I tend to play an hour or two a day, um, yeah, it's just easy from there to just load up other Blizzard games and have a go at them. Um so yeah, I've just really been replaying old stuff and, and launching pretty much every game I have on my PC just to go into the options and change the resolution and refresh rate to 1440p, 144Hz, and then close the game. No, nice, <laughs> like, well, nice. I'm ready so doing, for when I want to play it. Doing them as a bit of a tech demo. Just yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one of my first, whenever I get new hardware or anything, is always I just go to uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Oh, nice. It's That's a really a nice looking game. game. Um, and Steam, actually, if you purchase the original, you got The Vanishing of Ethan Carter Redo uh, for free, which was basically a, a HD remake of an already HD game. Like, it was just uh, better textures and everything. It was a visual update. Um, so I load that up whenever I get something new. You know, when I got my new video card, when I got my new monitor, I just load that up, update to the highest I can go and just walk around for a bit and have a look at things. No, it's the video game equivalent of the fish demo in all electronic stores that they have playing on television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nice one. Uh, Regan, what have you been up to, man? Uh, Apart from coming back from holiday, welcome back. Oh, course. thanks, thanks. Yeah, no, it's um, it's good to be back, actually. Uh, I got to the point where, yeah, the holiday was starting to get to me, and I needed to just not holiday for a bit. <laughs> um, in... Yeah, no, what have I been doing? Uh, when I got back, I actually, I was I was a bit frugal on this trip um, because I had in the back of my mind that when I got back, I was going to use whatever money that I could, you know, not spend on pizza to build <laughs> build a computer. All those fine European cuisines to sample and you just get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> we, in, in Italy, we literally, the whole time we were in Italy, which was like eight or nine days, nothing but pasta and pizza. Literally. That's, that sounds like absolute heaven. It was amazing. It also sounds to me like a free pass. It's not racist anymore. If you just, you know, the only thing you link to Italy is pasta and pizza. It's just fact. <laughs> hey, stereotypes That's exist for a reason. Not a stereotype. Yeah, it's just facts. Italy, so. Italy was incredible and the people were amazing, but holy shit, their food was better. The um, the the day that we got into into uh, Venice, actually, the guy that worked and, and owned the, the B&B that we stayed at... Um, he was he had no qualms about sort of like making racist statements. We got in there and we went upstairs and he was like, Oh, you you hungry? And we were like, Yeah, we're gonna go out and get some food and he's like, Don't go to any of the shops along the street and we were like, Oh, okay, why is that? And he's like, None of them are Italian. And like they're all like Romanians. And, they, <laughs> and we're just like, Oh, okay, well, sweet, where do we go? And um he took you know, he told us where to go and we went around there and it was honestly the best Italian we had, maybe even the best like pasta that I had in Italy, but um, anywho, would that look, be the best pasta you've ever Italian had in general place. then? From an actual Italian place, what was that, sorry, Ed? Would that be the best pasta you've had in general then, like ever? Uh, yeah. Yep. yep, nice. Yep. I'll put it up there for sure, um, yeah, I mean, what can you say, like, pasta in Italy is, I mean, pretty unbeatable really, but anywho, 
Um, I've got another story about pizza initially as well, but I'll save that <laughs> for another time. Uh, got back and bought all the bits and pieces and actually spent more than I had thought on the computer. So I'm sort of, um, I guess for me, I don't have many games for PC at the moment. So I've just mm-hmm. been going back through and playing games that I do have handy. Um, yep. And picking up a, a couple of cheap games here and there just to kind of, you know, have, have some fun on this thing. So started with Skyrim, of all things. Um, which I played for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And was like, oh, yeah, cool. It runs it good. You know, like everything's on max settings and it doesn't even get it, you know, work up a sweat kind of thing. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Skyrim's looking pretty old now, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He can see those muddy textures and all 1080p glory. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, and I was talking to my girlfriend Casey about it as well. And, and she's a huge Outer Scrolls fan, as I've probably mentioned a few times. And I was talking, you know, oh, Skyrim's okay, but man, you just see all the all the strings, you know. It's mm. it's just it's just the way that Bethesda games are now. And she just and she's like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "For example, when I loaded up Skyrim and and you know, you do the first couple quests. I was walking past, I don't know, whatever the first city is called, Windhold or Windhelm or yeah. River, yeah, yeah, Wind Dragonsville, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I look up in the sky, and maybe like. 30 meters above me is this this little weird black shape. I'm like, what's that? That shouldn't be there. So I run up on kind of the side of the hill to get a better look. And it's just an arrow, just an arrow, like up there in the sky, (laughs) just floating there, not doing anything. Nothing happened in the game. waiting to hit that guy in the knee. Who knows? Oh, God, there's something I haven't heard for a few years. (laughs) And and that's an example of it. But um, but anywho, um, so I played Skyrim for a bit. Um, Case is pressuring me to play some Morrowind, which mm. which I'll probably do. Honestly, you feel Skyrim is dated. I, <laughs> I have fond memories of Morrowind, and they will forever remain memories, because mm. I know that if I load that game up again, it's going to be arse garbage. Like, it, <laughs> it is... I already remember just simple things that were refined a, a long time ago that that game didn't have in them, such as just moving drains stamina. So when your wow. stamina runs out, you just got to stand still. I, I actually, that's why I think walking <laughs> doesn't drain stamina, thing. but your stamina doesn't regenerate while you're walking. You have to completely stop moving to regenerate your stamina. Certainly. So you can yeah. sprint for like five seconds, get there faster than if you walked. But if you don't get there, you've then got to stand still for ten <laughs> seconds for your stamina to regenerate. So it probably actually would have been quicker to just walk there. Ben, Morrowind's the best game ever made. All right, according to a lot honestly, of I put God mode on for the duration of my play of Morrowind, getting through it, which sucked because it made me invincible, which I didn't want to be, but it was the only way to stop my stamina running out so I could actually <laughs> get from A to B at a reasonable <laughs> pace. The, the uh, thing yeah. I remember about Morrowind, I only played it very, very briefly, um, but the thing I remember, probably not liking at the time, but I really appreciate it now, is just the lack of hand-holding. Mm, just the absolutely. fact that it would say, you know, go down this road 50 metres and there'll be a right-hand turn and there'll be a cave just past this tree and that's where the sword is or whatever. Doesn't give you a waypoint. Doesn't give you jack shit. You just mm. have to follow these instructions. Yeah. Use your brain and actually navigate. That's really cool. That's what they should that. be. You know, remaking not Skyrim HD remake that just you know Skyrim already just came out. Remake yeah. Morrowind, and in, in, you know incorporate some of the modern gaming conventions such as not having your stamina like have to stand still <laughs> to regenerate. Really cut up about the stamina. <laughs> it was so bad because um, <laughs> uh, also something I really liked about Morrowind that was the kind of ready combat and ready magic system. You you didn't have you know like 
you didn't just select a spell and use it. You had to select your spell, then sheath your weapon, and then get your hands out in front mm. of you to cast <laughs> your spells kind of thing. I liked that. I thought that was a cool system that you had to, you know, make that distinct choice. All right, I'm going to approach this with magic or with my weapons kind of thing. Yeah. There was a lot of really cool stuff in Morrowind, but it just needs a few things updated um, to be playable. And I'm sure they are updated because it's on Steam. So I'm sure in the Steam Workshop or whatever, mm. there yeah, are those mods and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there yeah, you go, Todd Howard. The call the uh, the balls in your in your field, mate. <laughs> Get us new new moral one, new vision of moral one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's there could be a really. It's kind of like the Doom thing, right? They they were originally going to remake Doom, and it was going to be that shitty like Call of Duty esque. Yeah, I remember thing. that. Looked like the most generic piece of crap we've ever seen. Exactly, and then you know they made the call, and they were like, no, actually, this is not what you know. This is not what we should be doing. Let's scrap yeah. it. And they went back and they made it fucking amazing. Mm. Perhaps a similar thing could be happen could happen on Bethesda's side. It won't, but uh, <laughs> like maybe maybe they should go back to like you know making a game that's kind of or if they do the next the next Elder Scrolls they could have perhaps different game modes like you know hardcore adventure mode where you're not given you waypoints, waypoints you know and 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 they give you instructions on how to get there like that stuff really kind of from my sort of brief play so far really adds to that kind of yeah. like adventure experiencing the world because it, it did seem like they were going in a clever direction originally with sort of oblivion when it came out they also added waypoints but the first thing you notice when you load up oblivion after playing morrowind is the compass at the bottom which was where your waypoints were kept hmm. but you didn't have a compass in morrowind so when you first started up you don't think there's going to be waypoints you just think oh that's cool you know now it's actually going to be i'm not going to have to pause the game and bring up the map to work out where east is i've got a compass at the bottom of the screen so hmm. kind of adding the compass Tomorrowwind would be awesome as long as they also no. didn't add the waypoints. Yeah. So you still mm. went north 50 meters, then turned northeast and followed the path until you found the tree or whatever. And just having that compass there would make that less pausing and stop starting. Yeah. Um, but I just fear that, yeah, if they were to update Morrowind, they'd just chuck waypoints everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think I think Bethesda should have a chat with Campo Santo because the only game I can think of in recent memory that do, that's done something similar to, to that is um, Firewatch. Firewatch, mm. yeah. Yeah. Which was, was like, I, I found that really, really fun. That was probably my favorite part of that game. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, It'd it be interesting cool. to see how that would work on a on a world on the scale of, of something like Morrowind. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like now now walk uh, 45 minutes and um, <laughs> exactly. take, the, take the 14th right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but aside yeah, from, playing anything else there, Regan? Yeah. Uh, what else did I play? Um, so I had The Witcher 1 and 2, which I um, bought from Good Old Games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they didn't play on my Mac, which is not surprising. Um, so downloaded them for Windows and did exactly what you guys said you did with uh, The Witcher 1, where <laughs> you load it up and then play Tw- for like 20 minutes. Twirl around a bit. Twirl, oh man, the sword twirling is incredible. We weren't exaggerating. No, there was no exaggeration. <laughs> but, you know, you play it for a few minutes and then it's just kind of like, oh, I could persist and I could keep going, but mm, it's, yeah, no, I, ca- I couldn't do it. So I played The Witcher 1 for about 20 minutes and then closed it. And then started playing The Witcher 2 and was really impressed, actually, with The Witcher mm. 2. Like, the, the, the big jump between 1 and 2 on, yeah. on every kind of level. And 2 doesn't feel that far behind The Witcher 3, really, in, in, in many regards. Like, it's, yeah. there's, there's clunky bits and pieces here and there. Um, graphics-wise, it looks pretty good. Um, now, 2 isn't open world, right? No, it's kind of open maps, 
sort of open linear kind of thing yeah Mm. yeah so you're taken to from area to area and the areas are you know relatively open you can explore the areas but they're kind of not actually connected to each other you can't move from area to area outside of story progression gotcha so that they sort of kept that in the witcher 3 but just made every area three million times as big yeah yeah Yeah. you could you could say that yeah but um so the witcher 2 and i think i'll probably do my best to actually play through that I think, because um, it looks really cool. And then, um, aside from that, Inside, because that was nice and cheap, and I downloaded that and played through it in an evening, and it was very good. Very, very good very indeed. Good. How, how much did you did you get it for? Uh, did you get it on Steam? I got it on Steam. 24 or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That, that's about what I pay for it as well, I think. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely a good price um, for that amount of value, I think. Like, Agreed, yeah. What, what I got out of that, I, I was happy to pay 25 bucks. Yeah, it's absolutely sort of one of those cases of quantity or quality over quantity, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and $25 is not a lot for what is a really great experience that you're going to get out of it. And it, it certainly leaves you going, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's a, I, I love those games that just leave, you know, open up a conversation and, and you want to talk about it with people and Inside was one of those for sure. Absolutely. I think we need to sit down and have a good chat about that one. Um, Absolutely. I, I think we're going to need to get Mike back on board for that because he's, uh, I think he's been dying to, to chat with someone about that. Balthazar, have you finished the game now? I still have not finished it. I, finished it. <laughs> I lied when I said I was going to go home and start it again from the beginning and go through in one sitting because I didn't do that. <laughs> um, but that's definitely, as I said, that's how I'm going to it. I played about half of it, um, and then I had to stop to do other stuff. And I don't want to carry back on halfway through. I want to have the same experience as you guys and just do it all in one sitting. Mm. Um, nah, fair play, yeah. it's. I mean, without spoiling anything, towards the end of the game, it, there's a radical change. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. It's, it, you, you have to get to the end of it because... You know, you might. I know you're not the huge, hugest fan of, of the gameplay and stuff now. Um, it could even change your mind. The end of it. I, I don't know. It right. might. Um, Maybe. Yeah. It added on to, to what was already a fantastic game. I thought it added on a new level to that and just made it was just pure joy. I certainly didn't see it coming. No. Certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It's, yeah. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to book in a spoiler cast for that one. I think. One thing that I did find interesting about it, and this, I mean, there's no spoilers in, in this was kind of, you know, I played similar games recently, like the one with the ball of twine. Um, oh, yeah, um, Unravel? Uh, yeah, Unravel? Yeah, that's the one. Um, where, you know, you're playing through these levels and that kind of thing. But the thing that got me about Inside was the way that the storytelling was told through the, you know, that that kind of 2.5 dimension, you know, and yeah. the things that were going on behind you, they were really actually kind of crafting a story based on those things, which was really cool. Not something that I'd seen necessarily in one of those games before to, to that extent no um, no not a word of dialogue spoken in that game i don't think no nah, no apart from barking dogs yeah yeah barking dogs and screaming mm. um that's about it yeah really it's yeah I, I can't fault it to be honest i i don't want to just have this be uh you know massive inside wank fest uh, <laughs> from me but i just i just love it i thought it was uh, completely perfect totally you're gonna you're gonna do a review for it um, I'm not too sure. I, it's hard because those games that come along that are just so good or terrible, I don't really feel it's that interesting that I can write that that much interesting on, on those sorts of games. It's the mm. ones that are somewhere and, you know, that have faults or have, have bad stuff in them as well. 
that I feel like I can really write something of use to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too sure. Um, I, I might do. I'll, I'll have to think about it, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm, I'm probably, you know, keen, more keen to, to write stuff about things that are undoubtedly going to have faults like Call of Duties and things like that. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <Yeah>. But that's <laughs> kind of it for me, really, at it's, the moment. It's you. Um, All right. Um, yeah. I've jumped into a couple of things over the last sort of fortnight or two and a half weeks there. Um, the first thing was the Titanfall 2 multiplayer stress test. Mm. Um, it was available last weekend, I think it was, or possibly the weekend prior to that. Um, now, this is Respawn Entertainment, the guys who sort of splintered off from Infinity Ward when there was all the politics going on within that uh, within that company. And Titanfall, did you guys ever play much Titanfall or anything? I know I know it was uh, Xbox, uh, previously Xbox exclusive, so pr- probably not. Maybe you, Regan, did you? Mm, no. Nah. Nah. No, I never no? touched it. No? Titanfall 1 was actually quite good. Um, when I saw it at e- the E3, it got announced. I thought it was some, you know, armored core ripoff trash. Um, and and I'll, I you know I didn't give it a second glance, but then I had a friend who started playing it, and he was really enjoying it. So I jumped in, and I actually thought it was really cool. It had interesting mechanics with the pilots, where you could run around and do like parkour and run off walls and things, and then you jump into the Titans, and the game essentially changes completely, and you're just this big you know massive bloody mech, and it turns into like War of the Monsters or something like that. Um, and Titanfall Two was was sort of my first my first um, dabble into it on, on PlayStation because it hasn't previously been been uh, been on that console. And I enjoyed it, though I think they've kind of taken some of the the interesting stuff out of it. Um, they've sort of made the, the maps much more open, so there's less of that running around and jumping off walls and stuff like that. And they've sort of just made it Call of Duty with mechs, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate because we don't really need another Call of Duty. Um but, uh, you know, it's still a really fun game, and I really enjoyed my time with it, but I really hope they, they take some feedback on board from, because I've seen a lot of other people saying the same thing, um, and they make the levels a bit more claustrophobic and a, and a bit more isometric, so you can run and jump off things and, and do all the cool stuff as the pilot, and not just, because if you're running around as a pilot and there's a bunch of bloody titans out on the battlefield, you're just going to get completely destroyed immediately, and that's what was happening quite a lot of the time. If you're running across a massive field and there's nothing for you to jump off or... Um, you know, walls to run up or anything like that. You just get you just get obliterated by a titan immediately. So they sort of tried to push it in in a direction that it wasn't really meant to go in and ruin their own mechanic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think they just tried to you know it's the, it's the whole sequel itis where they try and introduce things enough things to make it seem fresh and new. Um, one of the things I noticed in the E3 trailer was they're giving the Titans a sword. I didn't see it in the multiplayer stress test, but, you know, we'll see how that works out. Robots with swords. Robots with swords. Nothing new, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that in Armored Core, and we used to we used to build, um, go on a level with this giant bridge with a, with a, you know, a big sort of walkway across it and just have sword battles and the first person to fall, that was, you know, the other person to get a point. We made our own sort of meta game out of that. <laughs> really fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Um, it was it was a good bit of fun, but nothing that I'd run out and purchase at the mm. moment. Um, the other thing I've been I've been uh, spending a little bit of time in is Battlefield One. Um, now the open beta for this was out. Uh, I think it might still be running. Actually, it might be going so, for yeah, it yeah maybe it's going for a week or something. I'm not too sure. Um, but I think I probably put it about five hours of this. And to be honest, my about twenty percent of my attention was actually on the on the game. Um, I found it one of those games where I just wanted to chuck on a podcast and just 
just sort of blob out and turn my brain off and shoot at people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it looks really pretty. It looks like a dice game. Um, it looks and feels quite a lot like Star Wars Battlefront, unfortunately. Mm. Um, dice seem to be notorious at taking things they've done previously and just just copy and pasting it into their next project, whatever it may be. Yeah, re-skinning it. Now, yeah, exactly. I've, got a, I've got an important question to ask you about this, Abe. Certainly. It's one that no one's really been able to clear up for me so far, and I'm sure, given you've played a few hours of it, you can. Yeah. Are there horses? There are horses. Yeah, that was the question? Yep, that's it. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's, there's horses. There's horses almost immediately. You can what are the, pretty what much are get they? a horse in about 10 seconds. Oh, awesome. What are they like? Um, They're fine. I mean, they do horse things. You sort of, <laughs> you, you can run around on them. And once you jump on a horse, you automatically get a sort of saber, a, a sword, um, kind of one of those pirate looking swords with the, the sort of. Yeah, um, cutlass. Yeah, the cutlass. That's the one. Yeah, so you automatically get one of those. So I've enjoyed sort of running around and slicing at people. Um, he can only slice off one side of the horse, if I'm not very much mistaken. Or maybe I just didn't figure out the button to slice off the other side. So it's sort of a bit awkward when you run up and try and get someone and they go to the other side and you're slicing on the wrong side frantically and he mm. just looks like a bit of a munter. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's fine. I've, I've spent most of my time just sniping because I enjoy, I enjoy sniping in games like that and just sort of picking people off from a distance. And the bullet drop in, in Battlefield is always something I've been really really intrigued by because it just sorts of adds another strategy element to the game mm. you have to figure out sort of you know how far far away you are and adjust your scope accordingly and, and muck around with the bullet drop and stuff like that but it's pretty shallow to be honest there's not a huge amount going on it looks very nice um but it's just another shooter and every single time a new iteration of battlefield or cod or anything like that comes out i'll be like oh maybe this one will get me back into multiplayer and then i'll try it out and be like eh, nah. No. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's fun if you if you want to just, you know, some mindless hours of, of shooting at people. But apart from that, no, nothing nothing special. The, the single player is the thing that I'll be really interested in um, regarding Battlefield 1 just to see if they do, you know, treat it with respect and do it justice. Because mm, mm. uh, there's obviously going to have to be some kind of narrative there. And when you're dealing with a real war, you know, you're going to want to make sure you, yeah, you treat that well and treat it with respect. Yeah, exactly. Real, real war with real guns. You know, no, I'm, uh, I'm calling it now. It's going to be uh, Captain Arthur von America, um, and he charges across the trenches, dropping grenades everywhere. Is invincible. Uh, stands still for five seconds to regenerate full health, and just rewrites history. <laughs> <laughs> that shooting, would be interesting. Shooting considering... uh, biplanes out of the sky by is... loading a sword into a grenade launcher and <laughs> launching it. Like it's it's going to be stupid, ridiculous, and people are going to get offended. I'm calling it now. That that'll be interesting considering. I don't think America plays a huge part in this, from what I can tell. Um, the levels that I played was the British versus. Uh, not too sure. It was some sort of Middle Eastern. Um, yeah, well, that's what I said. He's going to rewrite history. He's going to place America <laughs> in all of those battles, and America will have been the turning point that won it secretly behind the scenes in every battle. That'll be this narrative. I, I almost guarantee. And his arms are going to be bigger than his head. <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping for something with with the atmosphere and the tone of those little bits in Call of Duty Four where the nuclear bomb goes off. Spoilers mm. for a game that's like 14 years old or whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, the nuclear bomb goes off and sort of all hope is lost and you just see the brutality of war. Just this bits like that. And even Modern Warfare 2 where you just get gasoline poured all over you and you get lit on fire and die. 
Like mm-hmm. that's hardcore shit. And and the, obviously the no Russian mission in Modern Warfare Two, uh, Modern Warfare Two as well, we shoot up the airport. Like I, I really want stuff that's just unrelentingly bleak. Mm-hmm. World's um, war, right? So exactly, exactly. That that's what I feel we're kind of missing at this point. It's just a, it's just been a whole bunch of Michael Bay films translated into get like i don't know if you guys played the, the campaign of battlefield 4 um but man was it boring it's one of the most boring things i've ever played in my life yeah it's I've just heard, i've heard the same thing it's I think so generic there was a guy giving away the game recently at work um, yeah on the, the, the up the grabs email group that we have at, at our work and uh i was like yeah sure why not i'll go i'll grab that and he's yep. like, yeah cool come over and grab it whenever you're ready so i walk over to his desk and i'm like hey man i was grabbing that game and he's like yeah yeah sweet there it is yeah he's like try and enjoy it um <laughs> that's never a good sign <laughs> give, give it your best it's not great <laughs> it's like oh the game's a game <laughs> yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> just really bleak about it um i haven't played it I haven't tried it since then <laughs> I imagine, imagine you get gifted a game for christmas or a birthday and the person hands it to you and says try it enjoy it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was a good wee moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing I've been playing, which is probably going to come out of nowhere. <laughs> now, I've listened. I listened to your guys' episode last week where you sort of went into the Time magazine's fifty best video games of all time. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and and I mean, I, I got a little bit offended. I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, <laughs> you guys started bagging on, on on a game that's that's pretty timeless. Um, I actually quite enjoy, and that game is Tetris. <laughs> now, hey, granted, Tetris it, is shit, mate. <laughs> granted, it's not the most interesting game now. It was innovative as shit back when it was released, and it's still really fun. Like I, I just to prove a point, I sat down and I I went and I played Tetris for about an hour and a half yesterday. An and I hour had a and a half of, had of blast. falling blocks, Abe. Yes. What? I had a really good time. I just I just googled <laughs> play Tetris and I clicked on the first link and I played Tetris for ninety minutes. <laughs> okay. I had a really okay. good time. That's Tetris cool. is still I solid. understand that you might feel that it's good fun, but you've yeah. got to justify how it's good fun. Oh, it's definitely not the best video game of all time. Let me just caveat that right there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way in hell it's the best video game of all time. But it's not shit. It's not. It's 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 a good it's a good Wii game. It's it's something on the level of like um, you know, it's it's one of those things like Angry Birds that you pick up and play for a wee bit, or you know, any any of those sort of disposable games that you can just that has very simple mechanics, very easy to get a little bit of enjoyment out of, and then you, you just completely forget about it. But it's it's good. Tetris is good. Uh, I, I remain unconvinced. Every time I, I remember when I was a kid, I had you know one of those little like game brick things that you could buy. You yes. might have got it for Christmas or something, and they came with like a hundred games on it or something like that, and you can the game, the, the one that parents thought were Game Boys. Yeah, yeah, the and a hundred games are actually ten games reskinned ten different times <laughs> each. Yeah, Block yeah. Racer. Yeah, yeah, um, and it had Tetris on it, and yeah. I remember. It, I think my favourite thing about it was that it made funny noises. Um, and so, like, I'd kind of play those games just to hear the ridiculous noises that this little thing would make. But, man, it just, uh, I don't know, it's, there's no pizzazz to it, and, and maybe that's just because it's old and the concept is old, but, yeah, I guess those kind of, like, in my mind, even, you know, some people will play things like Candy Crush yeah. and, on their phones, where there's, like, a it's a game that's kind of puzzly and, and that kind of thing, but even that, I 
those kind of games just perhaps, maybe it's just that I don't enjoy that particular kind of format. Mm. But oh, I, I have no love whatsoever for Candy Crush. That can take a running leap, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think Tetris, because it was so vanilla and because it's so, it just feels so pure and clean. There's just no, there's no microtransactions. There's none of that bollocks, and it just, it just feels so nice to play a game like that. Just so simple. I wonder if it's you just, could find a version of Tetris that has yeah. microtransactions. Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Easily, there'll be, there'll be, um, you know, Retris or something, where someone's taken retro and Tetris and portmanteau. But yeah, I, I like Tetris, and I'm, I'm gonna probably keep playing it every now and then if I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> mm. I won't you talk do about that, it. Ab. You can do that if you like. That's, that's cool, man. <laughs> All right, we be, we better move on to news because there's there's a wee bit to talk about. Um, that PlayStation Slim that got uh, that that bloke in Manchester got off Gumtree. <laughs> um, <laughs> the weirdest. What a, what a reveal for Sony that is. Wow. Um, that's been confirmed as real, and the uh, Eurogamer and a bunch of other sites have done an unboxing of this thing, and. Um, I thought that was quite funny that the guy in Manchester posted about it, and then a dude from Digital Foundry turned up as his, at his front door. And was like, "Hey, can we uh, can we have a look at that?" <laughs> very strange. That's the world we live in. Um, anyway, have you guys had a look at the controller in particular of this thing? No, I have not. No, no, I haven't looked into it at all. To be honest, so, I was, I've always kind of like, I mean, now, obviously now it's been confirmed as true, but as soon as as those rumors came out, I just sort of almost dismissed them in a way and didn't really even look into them again because like, ah. Uh, you know, these things happen all the time. Oh, so it, you didn't? You did, You thought it was real, or you thought it was fake? I thought or? it was. I thought it was bollocks when I first saw it. Oh, right. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But turns out it's real. Uh, yeah, what, yeah, what's no, the deal with the controller? So, first of all, let's just let's just um, you know, theorize on how this happened because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's a it's a bit of a strange thing and unfortunate for Sony. But I feel like what was what, what they were planning to do was was distribute it to retailers and things like that, and then at the PlayStation meeting. This, this Friday, uh, we're going to say something like, it's in stores right now, you know, do the, do the old Sega Saturn thing, um, and people are going to lose their shit. Unfortunately, all all the wind has been taken out of that announcement now, <laughs> because everyone, like, places like uh, in the UK, Game and CEX are actually selling these things for, like, ungodly amounts of money, like 600 pounds or something like that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, apparently it's not illegal to do that. I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm sure Sony has probably sent lawyers after them or something, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, I, I think that's what they were probably going for was the mm. old it's going to be available right now type I just, thing. I don't think it's really possible to do that anymore. No, uh, it's not. Because, you know, some guy who drives a truck somewhere in Manchester, evidently, <laughs> uh, is going to go, hey, those boxes have Sony written on them. I wonder what's in those. Yeah. I might just I might just have a quick peek. Oh shit! New new PlayStation's. Okay. Um, maybe I'll just say one fell off the back of the truck. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not. That's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Uh, I like the idea that there's truck drivers out there in Manchester that are also able to identify the new version of the PlayStation Four from the old version. <laughs> <laughs> that makes oh, me really happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, I just don't think it's possible these days, and especially with the internet. As soon as one person gets it, that's it. Like it's yeah. it's all it's all over. Yeah, and exactly, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you guys feel so? How is Sony going to address this at their conference? Are they just going to be? Are they going to do a Microsoft where we're in with the Slim got leaked before E3, yeah, and they just I sort of pulled it up? Because so, Microsoft handled it really well. They did. They did indeed. Yeah, they sort of just had that. Um, 
that screen with all the specs and they're like that was the first thing they showed right i think at the conference yeah and they did it in like two minutes or less like, just just moved on straight away yeah he talked about it for like less than 15 seconds and then they just moved straight on it was like i reckon i reckon sony's gonna spend half the conference on it and no be like, don't say that regan and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be like you didn't know about this <laughs> you know they're gonna play the shit out of it and like we, come we in now Sony's not the big, dumb, lumbering elephant that they used to be. They're, they're, they're smart. Ever, ever since Jack Tretton took took over and sort of, you know, made Sony cool again, he was a cool guy, Jack Tretton. Mm. He, was a, he was a cool dude. Um, and then Sean Layden, you know, he's all right. Mm, yeah, he's, okay. yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's serviceable. He looks like an Italian restaurant owner. <laughs> and I've heard Jack Tretton described as a sort of mafia businessman. <laughs> um, so they're talking about uh, Jack Tretton was the one who organised, uh, you know, the, the the PlayStation Four to fall off the back of the truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, boys, let's get these PS Four slims. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really hope that's what they go for. They just sort of address it for. 20 seconds and then they're like oh yeah and uh now let's talk about neo or whatever the hell it ends up being called mm. um so yeah th- this is this friday what what are your guys thoughts on this any any sort of prior thoughts on neo or what they're going to show off are they going to show off new games for it are they going to show off old games on it what, what's what's going on i think the only way to show the like competency of the neo is to show old games running on it better than they currently do yeah because if you show a new game, no one knows. No one knows how it runs on the current system. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. So mm. maybe old games slash, I mean, new games, but new games that already existed. So we're just talking about more kind of indie ports from Steam kind of thing, just running, you know, really well. Maybe well, just stuff running. What about Rise of the Tomb Raider? What about Rise of the Tomb Raider? Because that's that might be an interesting one. Mm. Mm. That game would on a competent console. That game will be amazing because even <laughs> oh man, I can't even say say this without banging on Xbox. But even on Xbox, it looks great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It looks like a beautiful game, and the, the mm. Tomb Raider VR experience is coming out. Um, yeah, for, I, I, for, I think we'll PSP. see a lot of that as well. A lot of VR stuff because we're not yes. far off PSVR. Not at all. We're, we're less than a, well. I'm not sure when it's coming out in October. It's early October, I think, or early to mid. Mm. Um, so no, we're not far off at all, which is yeah. which is pretty exciting, actually. I think. Pretty, pretty yeah, I wonder if I wonder if maybe because I is is am I right in saying that the the PSVR comes with another little box that kind of boosts it to be able to run on a normal PlayStation Four? Is that it is like um, something like I that? I can't remember if it comes with that. It doesn't come with. I remember it doesn't come with some of the stuff you'd expect it to come with. Mm. I do, it doesn't come with move controllers. I know that. Yeah. The like sort of <coughs> box. Mm. Um, it doesn't come with PlayStation Eye. No, it, I think it does come with that bo- that little mm. box you're talking about. It, it just doesn't come with PSI. Or yeah, I just wonder if, if like they'll have, you know, they'll they'll have bundles. There might be a bundle where it's like, you know, you get can get a Neo and all the bits and pieces you need for P- PSVR. Oh, I'm they'll, certain there would be. I, I'm just, I, I'm, you know, I'm crying over how much that's going to cost over here though. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, like, I I wouldn't. It wouldn't be out of the realm possibility to call a duty game. Yeah, it wouldn't be out of the realm possibility to say about fifteen hundred dollars. I'd agree. I reckon so too. That's that is ludicrous Which, for anything concerning gaming. No, yeah. no. Which puts it in the realm of like, you know, could you don't? Why don't you just build yourself a PC 
yeah. and, and get an Oculus Rift or something. You know? Yeah, or, or Vive, even better. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll see. It's, it's exciting because obviously the market's quite volatile in terms of competition and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. they're really going to have to bring something really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Sony's, if, if their E3 press conference has been anything to go by, they're, they're bringing their game at the moment. Like, that that was a hell of a press conference. It was just classy, mm. just super, super classy. Just the theatre they had set up, the live orchestra and, you know, the God of War uh, chanting and everything like that. Just just awesome. Just just really good uh, good effort God from those boys. Wailing at the top of the, the, top of the lungs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that beatboxing lady. You remember yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> that was amazing. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. That's um, that'll be this Friday for us, Thursday for America. Um, so yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and, and see next time we uh, we chat. Neo is probably going to be a thing. Mm. Very interesting. I hope they rename it to the PlayStation Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the PlayStation Sad Sack. <laughs> um, and I mean, on on a similar note, uh, Tokyo Game Show. That's that's coming up this month as well. That's like the week after. Uh, PlayStation meeting, I think. So, um, Balthazar, you got any thoughts on that? Not really. No. To be honest, like, I just, um, NX? Uh, yeah, that's. I'm hoping there'll be some NX stuff there. Um, that's obviously the console that I'm most excited about at the moment, being the only one I'm likely to look at picking up in the future. Yep. Um, so, really, I'm just wanting to see. And, and I think TGS is historically would be one of the most logical and best places to reveal new Nintendo IP, but actually now that they're doing almost every announcement through that Nintendo Direct stuff they do, yeah. um, I don't really know if we're going to be seeing that there. So, I don't know, I'm just kind of waiting to see what mm. does happen. Yeah, I, there was that recent Nintendo Direct, which was all 3DS-based, and it was mm. I didn't think it was possible to top the terribleness of the Pokemon Sun and Moon, the Nintendo 3, uh, E3 direct but this actually topped it it, it wasn't it was just terrible <laughs> it's just so boring and anticlimactic they talked about that metroid game for ages oh yeah that one that the, nobody asked for yeah ever. the one that that people got pissed because they're like new metroid game it was like oh my god and then they're like oh and it's like chibi metroid it's yeah. like oh god when why? nobody is samus and everybody's terrible <laughs> yeah. and comes with the free mini game that they showed at E3 like two years ago. Yeah. Um, whatever that was, that fucking shoot the ball around the arena game. <laughs> what games would you guys really like to see on NX as launch titles? Cause I, the... I, I want to see one of each of their big IPs. Like, yeah. yeah. If they did that, then that, they've, they've sold me right out of the gate. Like, So you get one Mario, one Zelda, Zelda's obviously coming, yep. um, one Metroid, one Donkey Kong, and... You pretty much that that's pretty much all I need, really. That's that's a, I feel like that's a big ask because obviously we know we know Zelda's on the way. That's that's a given. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't heard any whisperings of anything else. That's no. There's always a Mario title in development. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Always. Perpetually. So. It'll be Mario NX, and they'll call it Mario NX because they for some reason decide to go that way now. They call Probably. things Mario Wii U or Wii U Brothers or whatever the hell that one's called. Mm. Yeah, that'd be you. And so, if all right, let's say in in you know a couple of weeks' time after the show's done, you know that you know we're getting, let's say the Zelda and Mario, we're getting those yep. two. Would that be yep. enough to sell it on you for you? Um, if they had those two plus the ability to access previous Nintendo mm. games, yes. Mm. 
which is something I'm, that's the number one thing I'm hoping for with this console, is the ability to just play things from GameCube, play things from 64. Um, that That's what I want. Yeah, like, that'd be great. That's all I want. Yeah. What about uh, if they opened up like the 3DS store as well, so you could play mm-hmm. 3DS games on it on your couch? Oh, I'd, I'd be well keen for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that'd be a selling point um, because those games are still obnoxiously like expensive over here. Yeah, eighty are. to ninety bucks for you know three year old games because Nintendo doesn't devalue. Um, but that'd be cool. Like that, w- that wouldn't be something that I'd be, I'd be bagging on them for or anything. Mm. It'd be yeah. a cool feature. Regan, are you interested at all in NX or? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, aside from the 3DS, I've never. Oh, and and way back in the day with Nintendo sixty four, um, yeah. never really done the the, the Nintendo thing. Um, yeah. It was always Sega when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and, you know, and then PlayStation came along and, and rocked the boat. Uh, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Like, if it, I mean, that Zelda game looks awesome. Yeah, it looks really and, cool. And that, that in itself is, is almost enough for me to want to go, yeah, to want to dive in on it. Um, well, if but, you're a yeah. Sega fan, then Sonic the Head, the new Sonic is coming to uh, Nintendo. Yeah, it's probably going to be shite though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to be to be honest, they've they've gone back to the side scrolling platforming Sonic. They have, uh, so at least that's something. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, yeah, yeah, that which is that's, that's sounding really cool. If they a good Sonic game would be great. Actually, was it? Is it the guy? Maybe I'm just making this up in my head, but there was a guy that made like a, a port of one of the early, like a, or a remake of one of the early Sonic games, and he was just like a super fan. Yeah, it, it is that guy. It mm. is. It's the mm. same dude. They they just sort of let him do his thing, and then I think they maybe backed him with some more resources or something. And it's um yeah, it's, it's his baby pretty much. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. They're like yeah, just make a make a Sonic game. Cool. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. Though. Like that's that's not something you come to expect from a from I was going to say a big company. Sega's not a big company anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're all right. They're, they're all right size, I guess. They're but... our company. I guess yeah, they're definitely yeah. a company. Yeah. Any any time I see Sega or Sega on on a game on a game case, I immediately just think, oh, this is going to be arcadey and terrible. Like that's just mm-hmm. a thing. Like uh, you know, it's existed for years now. So if they can if they can uh, turn that around, I'd be really keen on a on a new Sonic because I like Sonic. Isolation with Sega. That's true. That's a good point actually, and that was really good. Mm. So yeah, it's just going to be interesting. Um, the other thing about Enix I wanted to talk about was there's been some some more rumours, which is, man, there's been a lot of bloody rumours for this thing. They just, we, we need to stop talking about Enix rumours because it's just not going to stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the last rumour we'll talk about is that it's it's almost confirmed now that it's going to take cartridges. They're going back to cartridges now. Um, and, I mean, that's not a huge surprise considering the 3DS did. Mm. But, and that uh, rumour's been around pretty much as long as the NX. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was. Um, it did start quite a couple of years ago, kind of thing. Um, but it's it's pretty much confirmed now. I think you're a gamer, and and some uh, some other guys had a article on it from their their source. Um, so they're going to take little flash disks, I would assume, and um, mm. tack things onto that. Uh, I mean, that's kind of cool. I like the I, I like the whole physical feeling of cartridges. To be mm. honest, like the the old sneeze when you jam a cartridge into the machine and just flip the on switch and it you know it feels like you're like you know tearing down a tree or something it's just amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think it says 
a bit as well. Maybe the cart cartridge technology has come a long way since I ever used a cartridge. Yeah. But it says a bit about kind of the level of games that they'll be going for, and unless there's a digital store where you can download, you know, um, larger things. But, I mean, it's kind of maybe kind of, you know, limiting the capability of it a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, I it, think so. Like, what what's the biggest... Because if you think of a flash disk like, or like a, a, an SD card, like something you put in your camera, the biggest ones are those. You can probably get her about, what, 64 gig or something? Mm, you probably, yeah, maybe maybe 128 gig, maybe. I mean, that, that's pretty um, massive, like considering a Blu-ray is 50. Yeah, like, I suppose. Yeah. But I assume that if we're talking about Nintendo, I don't think they'll be any bigger than about, maybe if you're lucky, like 20 gig. Mm. So that that right. sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it'll be interesting if they start selling, um, you know, going by that medium and, and selling tiny little cases, like yeah. three, equivalent to 3DS kind of thing. Or, yeah. And then, of course, the, the whole mobile aspect, what they're going to do with that, whether, it's a, whether you dock it in a, in a station and then you can play it on your TV, which seems to be what it's going to be, something like that. There's still so many unanswered questions about there it. There is. There it's, really is. There's, mm. there's no point really talking about it anymore, to be honest. It's just, <laughs> yeah. uh, just spitting in the wind at this point. Mm. Um, now, Balthazar, was this you? The World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it's more of just like an amusing anecdote rather than anything. It's not, it's not news because really I think most people were pessimistic from the start about it. Um, new World of Warcraft expansion Legion came out. Um, all the diehard fans of the franchise really genuinely believed, or, or maybe just so strongly hoped that it, it, you know, people interpreted it as genuine belief that it would uh, reinvigorate subs for the game, which have been dropping rapidly over the past few years. Ah. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, really. I just thought that was pretty funny. How and everyone you... was so certain this was going to be the thing that got everyone back into WoW again, and it got no one back into WoW again. How many years old is WoW originally? It came I'd out say like... over 10, well, no, maybe, I'd say it was like 2006, maybe, that came out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it might even be older than that. I remember the South Park episode on World of Warcraft, and that probably would have been, it would have been around for a couple of years when that came out. And that yeah, was... November 23rd, 2004. So... Oh, yeah. Almost 12 years now. Jesus. So, I mean, when you say the subs have been dropping off, I can I assume it's still got, like, millions and millions of players. Uh, I would assume so as well. I don't yeah. know. Um, I just know they used to be sort of, you know, everyone heard the stories. They were the undisputed king of, of the MMO genre. Um, yeah. And now there's just kind of that grey area where no one's actually sure if they have the most subs of any subbed MMO anymore. Um, yeah. A lot of sites out there citing that Final Fantasy XIV has vastly exceeded WoW in active subs these days. Um, but they never, the thing is, no one ever gives numbers. They always say, oh, they're dropping by millions, but no one says what, you know, the context of that. Like, okay, they lost 2 million subs in the past six months. What percentage of their player base was that kind of thing? How many subs do they still have? They never release those numbers. Um, right. So, not really sure. It's just basically Legion came out, there was no spike in subs. <laughs> maybe a few people who were just waiting for Legion to come out to renew their subscription renewed it, but certainly it didn't get back all those lost players who were leaving because there was just, I don't know. I don't know why they were leaving because I left back when the first expansion came out in 2006 or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it, there was no significant spike, which mm -hmm. I just thought was pretty funny because everyone was adamant that this would be the thing. This would reinvigorate <laughs> it and breathe life back into the game. The, the last... 
the last time I remember WoW being featured in the news was that Mr. Pandaria. Um, oh, Kung Fu Panda. The, the, the Kung Fu Panda um, <laughs> DLC, yeah. Oh, and that, like, that was a while ago. And that's the last time I ever remember WoW being, you know, in the news at I, all, really. I feel like it's, it's old enough now that they need to just kind of let it rest and perhaps make a new MMO. You know? Oh, they tried. Titan. Okay. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it failed miserably. Overwatch. Overwatch was made out of the leftover assets from what was going to be their new sci-fi MMO, Titan. Oh, okay. And they just basically, they hit the realisation that in modern day gaming economy and atmosphere, you can't make a subscription-based MMO anymore. So like, fuck it, let's just make a team-based shooter. Mm. And so they did. Well. Yeah, yeah, well. and they did really well with that. Honestly, I think from here... And, and I know I'm not alone in this thought process and a lot of people believe this is what they were going to do is you release Legion, see what happens to the numbers. They didn't jump as, as people thought they would. So leave that there for about six months until the people who resubbed for Legion start unsubbing again. Um, and then when things start dying down, because they've already said, I'm pretty sure they're never releasing another expansion. Legion was the last one. Um, so as things start to die down again, do the final thing you can do with an MMO free to play, no more sub, and just introduce microtransactions in an in-game store or something Yeah, like. that, that's pretty much the economy we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, so just get rid of the sub. I'd say I wouldn't be surprised if this time in 2017 it had gone free to play and had a in-game shop that you could buy, you know, buy your way to maximum level and buy armor sets and stuff like that mm. to just keep money coming in. Because And probably you'll see the servers drop instead of, you know, the hundred servers they have they'll have like 20 or something more manageable number to just run um and drop the sub that's my prediction yeah interesting well i think that's that's pretty much all we've uh all we've got for this week i think anyone else got anything i was wondering if we wanted to start if we wanted to either start them now or just plug that we're going to be starting our top 10 lists yeah yeah i mean i i don't think we're going to have enough time this this one um yeah. but yeah definitely start plugging it yeah so we've we've decided to um do a bit of a history type type piece of content here, and we're going to be going through our our personal top ten lists over the next uh, what, forty podcasts, I guess. <laughs> 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 that seems a long way into the future, but yeah, yeah, I think it, one of us is going to we're going to take turns in each the end of each podcast. We're going to talk about a, a game that sort of you know stuck with us and and um, influenced us uh, and, and made us you know the sort of person we are today. Mm. Um, so I think. Balthazar, you're going to kick us off next week, man, with your um, right. one of your games. I mean, it's not it's not an order. It, it doesn't have to be one to ten. It's just ten games. That, yeah, that yeah. So mine's like. definitely not in an order. It's just the ten, yeah, yeah games that that had the biggest impact on me. It's going to be a yeah. zero's wrath, isn't it? That would be number one if I were to order games. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll be kicking that off uh, two weeks time um, with our next next podcast. So that'll be that'll be really cool. Um, and in other news, we've actually started regularly producing content. I would say, or semi regularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zara and and Regan and Mike jumped in on the old Deus Ex uh, review, Mankind Divided review. That's up on the on the site there. You can check that out. Um, Regan's also done a fantastic wee article on uh, keeping up your gaming whilst gallivanting around the globe. It's um, tough. It's tough work. We it out. <laughs> yep. a, a good few uh, mobile game recommendations in there, and um, I did one on sort of gaming critics that that uh, that I like to follow and, and the people who actually you know contribute something uh, actually worthwhile to the conversation, um, and that's also available on the site. So. Yeah, check those out if you'd like. And um, 
yeah, we're available on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So here we go. I'm not going to plug our YouTube URL again because it's it's ungodly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's about all we've got time for uh, this week, guys. So thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. See you later. Thank you.